Hey, beer nerds. Welcome to Building Breweries, a beer podcast that's all about the founders and owners of your favorite breweries. Michael asks questions about their story, their beers, and what makes them unique. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and share. Follow Building Breweries on Facebook and check out the blog at www.buildingbreweries.com. Happy to be joined now live at the Factotum Brew House in Denver, Colorado uh, with Laura Bruns. She is one of the owners here. Laura, thanks for joining me. Yeah, you're welcome. Actually, thanks for having me as well. Um, so you opened this back in uh, 2015 with your brother, Chris? Yes, we opened uh, mid-February 2015. You know, you don't see that, that dynamic of ownership too often with the brother and sister, that, that kind of thing. So it's, it's unique to see that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's been really a lot of fun. And a lot of people say, oh, I couldn't imagine working with my siblings. But the funny thing is, is we're both so amazingly busy with our parts of the business that I don't even have time to worry about what he's doing and vice versa. So it works out really well. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So I'm, I'm going to cut right to the chase. Uh, I think your your brewery here ha- has a unique concept yes. that I'd really like for you to go ahead and just start talking about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so our entire idea was uh, c- to kind of give home brewers this opportunity to have their beer on tap somewhere. And it really started because like most brewery owners, my brother started off as a home brewer and we were having dinner one night with our other siblings. And we thought, you know, wouldn't it be so cool if Chris could go to work one day and everybody's like, Hey, where should we go to Friday happy hour? And he says, Oh, we should go to such and such place. And then when they get there, his beer's on tap. <laughs> um, and then it would be also kind of cool to just see what the masses do think of your beer instead of only getting feedback from friends and family. And that was really the core idea. Um, and it snowballed from there, obviously, quite large. So what we do is we, we take in people and their ideas from the community. Um, and they guest brew alongside of us. So every time we brew a big batch, we've got a guest brewer with us. Uh, we do take people of all abilities. Uh, Chris and I both have a very strong background in education. So we just tailor that experience based on their experience. So uh, like they, they can just come in with their own style in mind and like, hey, how do I do this? Yeah, we're ultimately still the final curators of the recipe. And we're still the brewers. I mean, they get to do you know as much of the process as they like but at the end of the day we're the ones that have to represent that beer and sell that beer mm-hmm. uh, so in terms of final say on recipe and whatnot that is our say but you know we usually can make people's ideas into a reality so let's say i want to do like a pumpkin spice latte stout yeah that's you know after after some some discovery and some research maybe that's something that can happen yes exactly and we've definitely had some interesting beers <laughs> um and what we're really running into now is um, we are selling ipa so quickly that if you want to brew an ipa you're going to be moving up that brewer's queue pretty quick okay. um and you know some of these other crazier ones were like hey it's a good idea but you're probably going to have to wait until some of these other crazy ones kind of move off the tap. So can you, can you give an example of a crazy one recently? 
oh, or maybe would, just something that I mean, I think even just what you said, you know, like a chocolate cherry smoked porter or something, <laughs> you know, um, where it does sound delicious, but it's not going to appeal to a super wide set of palates. So you do. So you do have that in mind. Like yes. What can we sell? What, what can, what can yes. we get out, get out the door? Yes. Okay. Um, and, and that's been a, a learning process. You know, there are times where like, oh, we've got quite a few dark, heavy beers on and. Guess what? You know, it's Denver. We have 300 days of sunshine. We need some crushable beers. And so part of our learning process is learning how to balance our tap list. But we're definitely getting there. How, how well do these people go with it, with their idea? I mean, do I mean any like do they get recognition in the community in, in by any means or what? So their name is on our website and it's on the tap board. Um, they also for brewing with us, they do. We have a release party for them. And they either have a $100 tap room tab uh, that they'll kind of use with their friends. Or we've had some people, they just want a keg to take home. They have a kegerator oh. or they have a barbecue. Or, so we kind of offer an either or. But the, the release party is definitely the more popular. Uh, we've had a lot of people brew, oh, it's my 40th birthday um, in a few weeks. And I want to release my beer and have my party in your tap room. And that's been really cool to see people do special celebrations like that what are these people that come in and, and make these beers i mean you, i know you said you take people of all abilities but what are they typically are they usually home brewers or do they people are they people that just want to like have an idea for something that they might want to try yeah I, I we really see the gamut we see this like the serious home brewer uh, and those people it's usually friends or family that buy them this gift Oh, I, you know, have some of my family who's a home brewer. This would be a great gift. Um, the people who are kind of coming to us personally and saying, I want to sign up, a lot of them are, I feel like they're kind of in the sales world. They're really outgoing people, and they're like, this would be really fun to do. Um, or a team-building activity, a bachelor party. Hmm. Um, we've seen a lot of that. I will say this, unfortunately. We haven't yet had a solo woman brewer. Hmm. Yeah, we've had some women who are home brewers, but they've brewed with their husbands or things like that. So I'm still waiting still for this for the solo woman brewer. <laughs> so I mean, you you, ha you have all these people coming in to brew their their version of the beer. Uh, do you all have your own beers? We do, we do, and that was something that we didn't start off with that idea, but we realized that some people uh, they get a little antsy because our tap list was constantly rotating, and some people like routine. And they want to know when they come in here what kind of beers they're going to find. So uh, our first flagship that we developed was a Pilsner. Uh, we were lucky enough to have some extra fermentation space. People were not making lagers yet at craft breweries because of the real estate issue. I mean, at least a brewery our size, I should say. Um, and now it's become a thing. And we were super lucky to have that opportunity. So our Pilsner was our first flagship. Um, and then we developed, kind of made up our own category of a spin off of the Kentucky Common. We made an Imperial Kentucky Common, and that's our second flagship. And we are working on a Colorado-style IPA for our third. What, what's a uh, Colorado-style IPA mean? Well, it's going to have the best of West and East Coast. <laughs> no coast, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a thing, actually, that another brewery uh, in the area came up with. And we reached out to them and said, hey do you want this term for yourself or do you want to try to make this a thing? And they said, let's make this a thing. So 
Sure. I think we're going to start to see those really well balanced. People don't want super hoppy uh, in terms of bitter hops, and they don't. They're kind of over some of the super juicy. They want in the middle. So. Well, j- just to go back to the Kentucky Common real fast. I mean, I. Being from you know where I, I, I am in the country, Kentucky, I, I see breweries have that spin a lot. But at the same time, it is kind of rare for me to go out into other regions of the of the country and see the Kentucky Common because I mean it's it's one of the few, very few like indigenous beers in the United States. Yeah. So it, it's unique, you know, to see somebody else try it, especially over here in Denver. Yeah, uh, my brother also has you know fascination with history and pretty much anything beer. So so he was very fascinated. And and I'll be honest, the only other place I've ever seen a Kentucky common on tap was at craft breweries in the state of Kentucky. Um, I know of one other brewery out here that brews one. I have not tried it. So that was cool for us to kind of bring a style out here that, you know, and everybody says, what is this? What is this? What is this? You know, so we're going well, back to that educating piece, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, uh, speaking for the entire uh, Commonwealth of Kentucky, thank you. <laughs> um, so what, what, what's, what's in the name? What's factotum mean? Uh, factotum is actually a noun. It means jack of all trades. And we just thought, wow, that really fits exactly kind of what we're up to here. We, we're a working man's brewery. We're kind of community-oriented. You know, we are allowing people to get their hands dirty and doing some different things that maybe they've ever done before. So, and I will say this as a side note, it is very difficult to find a name that hasn't already been taken by a brewery, distillery, winery, or a beer name. And you can't do that because it's trademarked. So, you know, that was a very long process. <laughs> well, it seems to have worked out. Um, you know, when, when people usually open breweries and, and businesses, especially in the beverage world, they, they seem to consult other people in that in the same industry so how did people respond when they heard your idea of having home brewers kind of take control um i think there were two responses i think a lot of people said wow that's a really good idea um i've never heard of anything like this and and they're correct uh still to this day there's nothing exactly like what we do uh there's some things that are close but not quite with as much creative freedom that we allow and then I think people were wary because they've all tried terrible homebrew by their friends. And I th- they had this misconception that we opened the doors to the brew house and said, hey, go for it. <laughs> and that's absolutely uh, incorrect on all accounts. Um, that, that would not bode well for anybody. Um, so we do now, uh, we have learned better to just say, you know, these people are guest brewing alongside our professional brewing staff and at the end of the day we still have final word on everything so nice uh speaking of which can you tell me a little bit about your brewing system our brewing system is a seven barrel system um it is affectionately known as a franken brew system so we've taken different pieces um and you know made them work together it's um while all the pieces are new um they are not one unit. We do not have a push-button system. It is very, very blue-collar. There's a lot of manual labor involved. Um, but it was also, at the end of the day, about 25% of the cost of, you know, a brand-new, fully-set-up system with the fancy buttons. So, Did you, now going into the taproom side of things, did you choose uh, Did you choose this building for, for a reason, this neighborhood for a reason, anything like that? Yeah, we, we knew we wanted to be in a Denver neighborhood. Um, we didn't want to be in the suburbs. 
and we definitely wanted to have a neighborhood kind of community feel. Uh, Sunnyside is for sure uh, one of the hottest up-and-coming neighborhoods in Denver. It is full of first-time home buyers and uh, constantly just seeing new faces in here all the time. Uh, the building itself, it just kind of speaks for itself, I think. Um, as soon as we walked in and toured it and walked out, we kind of looked at each other like, yeah, I don't know. We got to make this work. This is the building. Nice. <laughs> so it just it just looks like a brewery. It has a nice feel to it and um, kind of embodies like that feel that we were looking for. So there, there's a lot of potential here and, and not just for guest brewers, but for, you know, maybe guest celebrities that want to brew their own beer. Have you had any yet? Um, so we haven't had anybody who's actually brewed with us. Um, Chris and I are originally from Indiana, and we did a do uh, we did a collaboration with uh, Tow Yard Brewery in Indianapolis um, in honor of a very famous quarterback that's uh, special to the Denver community and the Indianapolis community. And the name of that beer was Oatmaha. <laughs> course. Yes. Uh, so we're not allowed to say his name sure. or use his likeness, but I think everybody probably knows who that was about. Um, and we were very, very fortunate. Um, we actually had a connection with this person's personal chef and we were able to uh, send him a couple of six packs of the beer as well. So that was kind of cool. Um, but it, uh, we were, got our five seconds of fame on ESPN and Fox News and all that good stuff. What, what, so. kind, of, what kind of beer was Oatmaha? Oatmaha is a pale ale, and it is brewed with Indiana oats and a little bit of Colorado sage. So we were trying to find two Best ingredients worlds, yeah. yeah, that were native. Um, and it just obviously started off as a tongue-in-cheek kind of joke, and it was just something we wanted to do. Um, I had no idea that I would be on sportsillustrated.com for my beer. (laughs) So it it was end up being a really cool thing. So, so currently a couple years into the business here, what's challenging you all? It's, you know, we're coming up on three years and I, I think our biggest challenge is just still to this day, letting people know that we exist. Um, obviously in Denver, there's new breweries opening all the time. Um, and I don't like to use the word competition because it just sounds kind of dirty. And I don't think that breweries here are ultimately in competition. I mean, we are, but we're not. Um, but I just it's think... The, friendly, the beverage industry is the friendliest competition. Yeah. I, I, but I think it's just like, oh, here's a new brewery. It's kind of like, hey, squirrel, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> um, and, 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 our, and our neighborhood is still getting there. It's still getting there. And so when this neighborhood pops, they think we're going to be set. But, you know, we're half a block off a super busy street, which is good in some regards because we're half a block off a busy street. But we're also half a block off a busy street. So, you know, it's a catch-22 there. Sure. One last question for you. What do you, what do you expect in 2018? What's in store? Uh, like I said, we're going to be uh, working on releasing our third flagship. Um, and I think, you know, we, our biggest goal really is to make a bigger impact and presence in our local community. Uh, we grew up in a small town and uh, we understand that importance of embracing those neighborhoods and becoming that spot where, where neighbors meet neighbors and, and people come here and they come here alone or they come with friends or uh, we just had a one-year-old birthday party a couple of weeks ago uh, from someone who lives in the neighborhood. So 
we're really looking to uh, push that. Um, you know, Chris and I have always said, while it's great to kind of get our name out there at restaurants and stuff, our, our goal is not to distribute that much. That's, if it happens, it happens. But I think just becoming a bigger presence in our neighborhood is going to always be our focus. Fair enough. There's about a uh, half a beer left that I still need to drink. Yeah. I'm going to get to that. Thank you so <laughs> much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Do you want your brewery featured? Email michael at buildingbreweries.com.